Okay, what's up everyone? Welcome to Desolation Radio. It's Dan Nath. Hiya. How are you doing? Really good. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> yeah, very Love good. this bullshit back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, so, previously on Desolation Wales, uh, yeah. Professor Richard Jones spoke about the Wales Bill and some of the problems in, in it. He, he spoke about the fact that the justice, there's no hasn't been any devolution of, the ju- of justice in, in Wales and the problems that creates for government, problems that creates for everyone um, who's trying to understand things. And today we're going to be talking a bit more about that as well as the issue of criminal justice and policing. And we'd like to be joined by Dr. Hugh Pritchard from the Wales Governance Centre and Dr. Rob Jones from the University of South Wales. How are you doing, lads? Okay. Oh, when you left the gap there, I felt like wait for an applause or something. <laughs> <laughs> we'll add it in later. Yeah. <laughs> Two more North Williams, and uh, this is the the way the show's going at the moment. It is, the seems to be. Taking over. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to rectify that <laughs> very soon. Okay. So, guys, thanks for coming on. As we said yeah, last cheers. time, Richard said about the problems that the lack of devolution of justice has caused. So, I guess you, you guys want to take to explain a bit more about that. The problems about not having a separate legal system. As we all know, Scotland historically has had its own legal system. That's seen to have been the reason behind Scotland sort of said that that's created a strong national identity, even things like that. And that's why Scotland is generally, maybe that's why devolution has taken off a bit more in Scotland, who knows. But we've always had this one legal jurisdiction now with England and Wales. So are we, are we still there now? Is it Are we still England and Wales after this Wales bill? Yeah, yeah, we're still England and Wales, still one single jurisdiction in that sense, uh, because the Wales Bill actually doesn't doesn't touch justice much at all. A few things on the edges, but its main purpose was to keep a single unified England and Wales jurisdiction. And if you look back at the draft Wales Bill, yeah, the the biggest problem with that in the way it was drafted was trying to retain a single jurisdiction, but trying to have a reserved powers model as well. So devolving, in a sense, devolving more powers, but having one system of courts to enforce two sources of law. Okay, and that was, a, that was a problem with the draft version because they, they made it so tight that you couldn't actually get anything into the courts from Wales. So by this version, it's much better. So you've kept uh, that Welsh legislation can be enforced in the courts as they were, but no more devolution of justice. So that's quite a quite a big um, mechanism or government mechanism yeah, which, which is not devolved. Yeah. Is this a stupid question? Possibly. Does Wales have the power to make its own laws? Yeah. It does? Yeah. Why don't we make some awesome laws then? You're not listening to the last whole last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no. I zoned out and thought like... Oh, the last 18 years. Yeah. 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 It does. Right, so, sorry about that, Richard. Nathan was listening <laughs> right. last time. Uh, Just wanted to have a call back to it. Yeah. Um, My camera. <laughs> All right, so, um, you said, we said this problem that the, there is no separate uh, justice yeah. system and legal system. I guess, like, this is all going to be sort of cut down so I sound more eloquent, I guess. You know, why do we need, like, a devolved legal system? You know, what's the difference between a legal system and a, a jurisdiction? Okay, right. So a lot of the debate so far, so we started discussing this around 2012. Because the Welsh government had an inquiry, the consultation and the assembly had an inquiry. And what happened was um, an inquiry into should Wales have a separate jurisdiction? So jurisdiction is who declares a law, so who says if something is legal or not. And that's the courts, right? So jurisdiction is to which courts does the law go? Okay. Where do you get your redress from? Okay, so currently you go to the 
England and Wales court. So that, in a nutshell, is jurisdiction. But the problem I thought with the consultation in 2012 and sort of wrapped around since is the idea of justice, of policing, criminal justice, all being wrapped into one. And we've caused this big confusion over, well, if we devolve jurisdiction, then what does that mean to justice? And then if we do justice, can we do that without jurisdiction? So it's all been sort of mashed into one. But what we've seen in the last couple of years, maybe, is that, so that sort of unravelling where the Welsh Government have started their idea. So you think uh, if jurisdiction tough term then, the Welsh Government has started this term of, uh, and work from the Governance Centre is a, a distinct jurisdiction where you get the separation between the Courts of England and the Courts of Wales, but they're still the same court system. So they're still the same judges, but it's of a different hat when they're sitting in Wales, they're sitting in England. And that would rectify some of the issues in the Wales Bill, but you still have a single justice system because all the administration of justice, so how policing is done and so on, would still be done from, from London, from the centre. Okay. okay. In the report, you've written Justice in Wales, Principles, Progress, Next Steps, which is very, very interesting and useful and good. You talked about the decentralisation and the fact that you said to proceed in binary terms, you know, whether or not justice is devolved isn't that helpful and it should be considered as being on a spectrum of different, you know, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, every time you saw uh, the UK government respond to these consultations, they say justice is not devolved. But actually, when you dig a bit deeper, there's actually a few institutions which are. So if you look at tribunals, like the Special Educational Needs Tribunal, mm-hmm. that is totally devolved. Right. Yeah. And then if you look at other institutions, they've sort of made arrangements to work in Wales. So they're, they're not devolved, but they're decentralised and they've got operations in Wales. Which is a problem, I think, when you come to framing it. So, like, you know, he was right in the sense that the England and Wales system we have is still intact. But certainly from it, when you look at the, the functions that are carried out, the, the kind of, for example, if you look at penal policy, when you look at the England and Wales system pre-1998, pre-devolution, that system isn't there anymore. So... For example, if you look at the, the legacy of speaking about the criminal justice system in Wales, you'd always see shorthand England to talk over the path of England and Wales, because England and Wales were the same. So it was perfectly conceivable for you to say prisons in England, because they meant prisons in England and Wales. Even when events happened in Wales, um, academics, and you know, fantastic, critical academics, still spoke about England. So, for example, prison riots in 1990, you know, uh, strange ways went up, or so did Cardiff. But it was, that was the prison crisis in England at the time. So as a unit of analysis, England, you know, Wales has largely been rendered in, invisible. So it's been part of that England-Wales system. But post-1998, which kind of tags on to what he was talking about, that system where Wales could be, in a sense, um, incorporated with England, you know, sort of as a kind of shorthand, is, you know, it's certainly no longer suitable nor, nor sustainable, where... You know, I think I think it was a, a National Fender Management Service document in 2006 said that much of the work done to help resettle and rehouse and um, help to reduce reoffending in Wales is done by the Welsh Government. So what was once a very, very strictly England and Wales system is now, in a sense, England and Wales in name, but in character is actually, you know, we, we come up with the concept of a, of a hybrid model, a hybrid system. So rather than simply in England and Wales, it's actually a little bit more complex than, than that and yet still remains England and Wales in, 
in names. It's the framing of the system, which is there's a bit of to and fro, and I think, and that that often provides uh, a real challenge, a challenge to who and I, let alone to people who are looking at this a bit further afield. So, in terms of the, what's decentralised, you said is you know, it's traditionally been seen as just just England. Mm-hmm. Um, Hugh, you've listed some examples of you said about tribunals of things that are technically you know in England but have they they have like a Welsh element <coughs> so to speak. So, is this and you've written a bit on the Supreme Court? Is that something that? Well, no, the Supreme Court. You, you'd have, still have a single Supreme Court because that, that works for Scotland and Northern Ireland as well because yeah. they're separate. But um, the argument with the Supreme Court that always comes up is do you need a, a Welsh judge in the Supreme Court? And until you've got a Welsh jurisdiction and a, a Welsh justice system, then it's hard to argue for one. But you're missing that representation on the highest level. Yeah, so who has that expertise and there's been ad hoc ways of doing that in the last few cases so you've had you've got a Lord Chief Justice who comes from Wales so he's got expert expert in these areas so he sits in on on you know the the uh, asbestos Wales case a couple of years ago um, so that usually gets the headlines of having a Supreme Court judge that you'd reach quite a, a level there to say that like, we've got a jurisdiction on a par with Scotland Northern Ireland and would be England, which is separate, but it's quite a long way to go for that, and that's quite a symbolic thing. But the, all the things underneath it, all the other institutions, are probably more important than having that representation there. I was wondering if we could maybe even go through this and just look at the different mm-hmm. facets of yeah. mm-hmm. what. So, so what about the Ministry of Justice, and, and you know, what's the Welsh angle, at, you know, in, in all this, and, you know, and why does it matter? Ministry of Justice is quite interesting because um, it's quite a new department, it's a massive department, so you've got the Court and Tribunal Service in the different institutions, uh, Youth Justice Board, mm-hmm. yeah. the minister, so you say, well, does the Ministry of Justice need representation in Wales, does yeah, it need like no. a base in Wales? And what the MOJ would say is, well we've got, you've got, you've got a director for Wales, the HMCTS, you've got offices there, you've got Youth Justice Board, Cymru, so you've got these representations, right? But it's not quite the same as having operational um, responsibility in Wales who can deal with Welsh government directly. So it's having that intergovernmental relationships as well, which is... To us as well, that there's a, it's almost like a phone line, which only takes income calls. So the directives from, right, these offices are in Wales and Cardiff, I mean, Cardiff. Most, yeah. Um, yeah, most in Cardiff. So, you know, symbolic. It's almost like a phone call comes in, and that policy is then spread out through the Welsh. But in terms of what's happening in Wales, going back to influence UK government policy, that's arguably the, the, the tension in the sense that what are the ecological conditions of imprisonment or crime or offending in Wales? They never, they never, in a sense, go back up the line. That you know, UK government policy comes through and it's fed through those devolved pathways, which are very intricate and quite complex. And I think they do that fairly well. The problem is, is when you you know, the ability to send messages back. That's the problem, and I think that's when that, you know, that representation in in the MOJ becomes more problematic. No problem then doing a bit here. It's when it goes the other way. That's when it, I think, becomes more problematic. Yeah. So I guess this brings us back to you know the, what the fundamental question is, people I guess most people would ask is you know why do we need these things to be devolved 
to Wales or, you know, or why do you need to start thinking about them even? Because I, I guess most people would think, you know, I'm obviously you know, pro-devolution and things like that, but I, the issue of justice and crime and things like that is maybe one of the areas where I've never really understood yeah. perhaps the need for it because I just thought, well, you know, isn't crime crime? Isn't a prison a prison and things like that? So is there something, you know, what are the unique conditions that about Wales that make you think that we need to look at this issue in more depth? Well, I think if you look at what the, the state has done from, I think certainly from the 90s onwards, arguably began in, in the 80s. So th- there was a kind of recognition amongst state institutions, like the sovereign institutions of, of the state and the criminal justice system. So you've got the police, probation, the courts, effectively holding their hands up and saying, look, we can't tackle crime on our own. We can't do it. So you see the development then of wider preventative approaches. So you've got other areas of social policy being drafted into the tackling crime and offending approach. So, for example, health um, recognises a pathway, physical and mental health recognises a pathway to prevent crime. Education seen as a, a pathway to prevent crime. Tackling substance misuse as a way to prevent crime. Uh, education, etc., etc. So, in in a sense, th- 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 those those policy areas were, in a sense, brought into the the process of, of of tackling crime. The state, and when I said the state, I'm talking about the, at the UK level. That's how they wanted to tackle crime and justice. Great. Okay. Now, bizarrely enough, in, in a sense, that was happening around about the late nineties. At the same time, that those policy responsibilities were shifted from the Wales office to, of course, the new democratic institutions in Wales. So all of a sudden you've got those areas of social policy who have an active involvement in doing crime, if you like, not as in perpetrating it, but as in... (laughs) It's easy to record it, isn't it, if you're just doing it? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Because uh, I think you're correct, well, guilty. If you can't see that. So they were responsible, they had an active hand now in, in doing something about offending. And, and to, to give you an example, I mean, the homeless person's prior need order 2001 was about, was it, you know, of course, a Welsh Assembly government piece of uh, uh, policy um, that was aimed at trying to tackle homelessness amongst prison leavers. So, <clears throat> in a sense, when you, when you fast forward to the here and the now, you've, you've got all those policy areas which are devolved. Again, I come back to that quote from, from Noms, who are doing much of the work to tackle offending and crime. So, I'm sorry? NOMS, National Offender Management Service, yeah. Oh, right. I mean, you're a guy called NOMS. Yeah, NOMS trusts me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what that starts to they name themselves after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so they're doing much of the work. You know, the Welsh Government and the devolved services, if you like, are doing much of the work to, to tackle crime and offending. So, you're almost left with a bizarre scenario now where, in some areas more than other, maybe we can kind of tease this out certainly youth justice where people are looking around the table thinking okay so you've got all these devolved services but we're not got the police for example we've not got youth justice what what is stopping us now from having the whole the whole pie here what is stopping us from actually having a fully you know you hear these kind of joined up multi-agency approaches you know why why are we not now responsible for those last two you know parts of the jigsaw And, and i think Again, it, you know, if you're going across prisons, you're going across probation, you're going across police, and you're going across youth justice, there are different relationships in all of those different areas. But in terms of why this matters in Wales, arguably because many of these things have already been done on a devolved level. I think that's crucial to understand that those wider social changes helps you to understand why actually the whole idea of devolving policing and justice 
it's not such a big step as it seems because many of those areas of policy have already been done. So there's, there's a kind of contradiction in the argument in the sense, and it's a contradiction in my own argument that this represents a huge potential change, one which needs to explain to, to anybody why should this be devolved. But actually, when you take a step back and look at what already is devolved, this has been done for the past 15 years or so. So I think from the Welsh angle, it's knowing what we've already got and as much as why further power should come. I think when you look at what we've already got, then it changes the, the scene a little bit. So it's a case of efficiency rather than I was hoping it was going to be something like this, like a unique set of Welsh crimes or... Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you have those hangovers of like just yeah. ancient law where it's okay to kill somewhere across the Welsh midsummer murders. Yeah. A gwish. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. that we've got a spate of horrific murders in yeah. mid-world. Um, but there's only that one person who survives, isn't it? Just out of sheer luck. But also uh, sheep wrestling and things like that, I thought you were going to say, okay. but no. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll start again and just edit it over. Yeah. 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 But, so is it, what you're saying is basically the fact is that it's already been done, so it's just, in terms of actually the day-to-day workings on the ground for the people who are involved in it, it almost... It's, it doesn't make sense to have, not have these things. Yeah, and in a, in a, in a sense, you know, I'm not just doing this to to, to appease your, your your wishes, but you know, <laughs> sheep rustling, you know. But you've got so one of the arguments about you know that for example, housing, education, health. One of the and you know inverted commas I have to say or do it strengths of that is that they can respond to the ecological conditions of Wales. So if they're already doing it in those areas, it may well be that there are ecological conditions of crime yeah. in particular parts of Wales, which in a sense, again, is, is another extension of that. So, you know, they're, they're, it's not divorced from that argument. I think there are many arguments yeah. here that are constitutional ones about that jigsaw all kind of being, f- you know, fully, fully uh, completed. But it may well be that, you know, there are certain issues which are unique to certain parts of Wales, mm. north, south, mid, you name it, um, which are kind of, uh, you know, a Welsh, in inverted commas again, Welsh approach could, could deal with better than the current UK approach but that needs to be researched for example like the Welsh provision of Welsh language in the prison system in the courts and things like that that could be one I mean in the courts yeah well it's ironic that the only right proper right you have is to speak Welsh language is to speak Welsh in the court right so you so you so got there you win that battle it's there to use so it's quite a good ex- court system a good example of where there's bilingual service and mm. it works. But I think the next step is to, oh, what some people, don't know if you come across this, but people think, right, oh, we need to think about Wales, bilingual provision, Wales are sorted. But it's it's a lot more than that. It's the whole mm-hmm. college, it's the, the social situation, social context. And it's, yeah, so we're just saying, oh, right, yeah, we publish this bilingually. Yeah, Does it mean that you've, you've taken, really, yeah, right? that you've taken Wales into account of, Right, how is this going to affect different yeah. areas there, or the different policy that the Welsh government have compared to the UK government? So instead of just checking something to Google Translate, yeah, and yeah. then giving it back. Yeah. So yeah. what um, what's happened with the Police and Crime Commission <coughs> then? Because I mean that's something that is was in the news, of, I guess, a fair amount, mm-hmm. and it's something that is devolved. Is that right? Well, it, or, no, or rather, they're they're in Wales. Well, because so, well, if, yeah, there was a lot of. Uh, yeah. Okay, welcome to edit that out. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> if I'm going to sound stupid in this... These last two episodes, there's going to be such severe editing about uh, me just getting things wrong all the time. No, but that's, yeah. that's a problem, because we don't know if it's devolved or not, right? Because 
when that piece of legislation passed in 2012, the Welsh Assembly passed a uh, refused to give legislative consent to that bill. But the UK government said, it's not devolved. Policing justice is not devolved. Actually, it's a lot of work on local authorities, health, education. Okay, so so finding that line of, is it devolved or not? Yeah, it's quite difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause community, safety, community, community safety. Community safety, yeah. So again, it kind of comes back to this idea, you know, you come back to this idea again that we've got an England and Wales system in name, but, but we haven't in, in, in practice yeah. or in reality. So it's that framing again, it's yeah. that, you know, you have to, in, in, in a sense, to be correct, you have to talk about an England and Wales system. Because of course we, we aren't, we're, you know, we're not talking about a Welsh separate system, but when you actually get down to the nitty gritty, for example, is it, I think the Welsh government fund 500 extra community support so, officers yeah. a year. Um, out of that budget, a lot of the work is those PCSOs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, okay. So that's your so five hundred of them a year are, are because of the Welsh government's commitment to that. Um, their work on, on domestic violence, of course. Um, uh, you know, there's lots of different areas where they cross over. A PCSO is quite effective, then. Do you know? Um, I I'm not sure. I have heard that like because they tend to um, build up more of a rapport in areas rather than perhaps like the standard police who just go mm-hmm. in and like. Taser, whoever's yeah, black. Yeah, that's, yeah. As they did it. Did you see that in Bristol? Yeah, yeah. like the spokesperson. PR, yeah. PR nightmare, like yeah. residents against tasers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just tasers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Absolutely I think, um, well, I think, you know, that goes into strategies of policing. So they could like reassurance policing. Mm. The idea that you are somehow more safe because there's a, a bobby on the beat. Mm. But I think there's a, a study that showed that, you know, the average bobby on the beat is it likely to come across a burglary in yeah. operation once every eight years and even when they do come across it one they won't know if it's happening and two even if they do know it's happening they won't actually there's no guarantee that they'll catch them it's it's, it's one of those most romanticized images like you get you could you could leave your house without locking up your door or that that kind of idea that it sounds like the same principle as just like like firemen walk around looking for fires isn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Dragging the hose around. Yeah. Yeah. Just in case. Just a mug of water. Just to start. Yeah. But uh, plug uh, the book Burglar Bill, children's book, absolutely incredible. Is it? Janet and Alan Alberg are just engaging. Uh, Fingers, uh, Fingers Horace or. Peg, peg leg Morris and Fingers Horace. Fingers um, Horace, you and call Oh, that's right. He goes, the, the worst of them all, as most of us know, is a terrible Grandma Swag. <laughs> She's the Grandma Swag is the head of the, the crime family, like, and then off, <laughs> Officer Pooh gets involved. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it's just. Does Officer Pooh vouch? I think so, yeah. He's undercover. See, there you yeah. go. More of it's devolved than you think. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like, you're saying that, and like, to what you were saying earlier about um, having Barbies on the beat, and like that kind of just like cultural I guess reproduction of like the police being effective you know you see it on TV dramas and stuff and they're just like you know keeping it down but like the truth is that you know like you're saying burglaries if being witnessed while being committed you know they're not really stopped or anything are they? Yeah I mean well there's been a big shift towards prevention yeah um, within I mean actually fire service well I mean it's you know so yeah I mean different styles of policing but the but the Welsh government's commitment to community support is, in a sense, an extension of what they can do. They, yeah. You know, I think that's that it's that's that's kind of the point with that. I think that, you know, they've got even though we're, we're talking about a non-devolved apparently area of policy. Again, it comes back to that. Well, well what is devolved? I mean, what's really quite interesting is that 
you know, next month, February, I think it was February the 18th, 2013, the Welsh Government submitted their evidence to the Silk Commission and called for the immediate devolution of policing. Four years has passed and we've not seen any work on what that might mean, what, you know, what, what the case for that is, you know, mm. what's wrong with the current system of policing. Or, yeah. you know, so I think a lot of us who were, you know, interested in that at the time, we were quite disappointed that, you know, there's been, it's a major, it's a major call actually, I and mean, yeah. it's followed up by Silk, you know, okay, a year later. So, so three years from Silk, I think it was in March when part two was, was public, we're still waiting for any real robust case, one way or the other, as to why policing should or should be devolved. So, you know, it's in, in, in a sense here, it's, it's very difficult to map out this, this system because there is so very little work on it. Yet, every now and then you'll get things like that. I mean, certainly Hughes report uh, has, 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 you know, made a major indent into, into what is a, a major gap here on this area. But there's, there's a need for like, a lot more work on this. Police, so, yeah. oh, go on, sorry. No, just policing is quite interesting because... Uh, institutionally, because you've got borders within Wales, Culture. so you haven't, yeah, there's cross-border issues, but they're already within Wales, and yeah. you've got about two-thirds funding for policing comes from uh, Welsh Government and the council tax precept, so you've got devolved funding, uh, Welsh territory all covered, mm. so actually what we talk about devolving here, we talk about devolving quite just quite mm-hmm. operational stuff, quite high. And also you've got the UK government just going their localism agenda and giving PCCs responsibility, subsidiarity. So mm. things are getting devolved lower than the Welsh government. PCCs right? being? Police Be- Crime Commission. Yeah, oh, I mean, okay. yeah, being given more responsibility and autonomy. Interestingly, yeah. all, every one of the four PCCs in Wales thinks that policing should be devolved. So, you know, that, that, that in itself is, and I think it was only Christopher Salmon yeah. during the last term of Police and Crown Commissioners who, who didn't want that. So, I mean, that's interesting in itself. I mean, the, the, it is, it comes down to that localism again. They're all kind of, certainly Alan Michael in South Wales is, is pushing that, that agenda. So, so going back to the funding here, here, we've written that, you know, the Welsh Government provided, what, said 16.8 million to Welsh Police Forces mm-hmm. and the British Transport Police to fund 500 community support oh, officers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it has responsibility for, you know, so funding of the, the police force in Wales comes from the Home Office, but it also comes from the Welsh Government and through local authority t- council taxes. So there's almost, there's, there's, they're funding some of it, but there's, they don't really have responsibility for it. Is that? Yeah. That's, that's, that's the, the situation. Yeah, it's a good way of putting it. Um, yeah, so every authority across England and Wales gets over sort of a fair settlement if you like but um, yeah but it's these extra things as well so uh, Rob mentioned the PCCISOs there's also responsibility to fund those extra 500 officers but it falls into this grey area of is it devolved is it not Mm. do you think PCSOs are not fully devolved because they don't have the power to arrest people (laughs) have you had an altercation with a PCSO (laughs) do you want to get it off your chair no, 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 no. I've had, um... <laughs> You've been forcibly restrained by... <laughs> well, they couldn't get it. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. You were right. <laughs> you, were the only, you were the only one. Yeah. <laughs> but I, no, I, think, I think one of the issues about it is, it is, you know, certainly within criminal justice, I mean, the issue of democratic accountability. So if, if the two-thirds of it is funded by, let's just say for now, for purposes of simplicity, a, a Welsh budget, what, yeah. what we can constitute a Welsh budget, if... 
officers in Wales behave in a way which is inappropriate. I mean, you come back to that, like that incident in Bristol at the moment, for yeah. example. Yeah. Can they be holding, can the chief of police be hauled into a, a, a committee in, in the Senate? I mean, no. Mm. So, huge amount of Welsh money is going towards, and, and it, you know, those questions of democratic accountability, about, you know, who is responsible, who's accountable, I mean, and calling people to account. When you've got, the system of criminal justice is, needs inspectorate built into it it's it's you know you're dealing you're, you're dealing with people's liberty you're dealing with Absolutely. people's rights so it's and, and I, I think that's another important thing for the future i mean what the devolution of justice might do is actually you know, really spark a kind of serious debate about yeah. in the in the senate about these kind of questions about rights and you know liberty and all these kind of different things but i think that's a you know really important question about you know the commissioners were seeing as a way to bring about great levels of accountability. Yeah. So Phil Scranton in, in 1985. So Phil Scranton was a um, yeah absolute absolute hero. God, you know what I mean? We, you know the stuff on, on the hills was incredible. And his stuff on, on women in prison in Northern Ireland at the moment is, is equally equally great. But in 85, he wrote a book called The State of the Police, where they were introducing the, the the local the committee. So he said at the time, and, and I think given that the commission has replaced that previous structure that. Rather than it being an exercise in accountability, it was an exercise in consultation, mm. which is very, very different. Okay. So asking people what they want is very different to asking people what they want and then being held to account to ensure that you you do what they ask. Yeah. So, you know, in, in you know, there's a much broader question here about accountability. Whether the commissioners are really is it, is it about accountability or is it simply about consultation? And yeah. I think when you think about two thirds of that budget. We, if, you know, again, we come back to it being Welsh. I mean, I think that it needs to be, you know, uh, looked at a bit further. But I think that's a fundamental question about, you know, how pe- communities are policed in Wales, their priorities, their objectives, and how those individuals are held to account. At the moment, there's a deficit, uh, and I think that is a really important question, which links into maybe a, a lack of debate in Wales about certain areas of, of, of public life and, mm. and policy. You know, I think that's a I mean, I think that's something, certainly going forward, I'd like to think the Welsh Government would be a bit more forward on that issue, given that they want to devolve policing in Wales. Yeah, so given, you know, the, the Welsh Government's general rhetoric about social justice and you know, being radical and things like that, until policing is devolved, what you're saying is essentially can't even have the debate about things like how the police police, you know, the use of force or, you know, like civilian re- review units, things mm-hmm. like that, these things can't happen until things that the, the, the sort of machinery has devolved downwards. Yeah, I think I think the, the debate would happen, but it would be fairly toothless mm. in, in, that, in that respect. I mean, you know, it, it would be interesting, wouldn't it? I mean, if, you know, Boris Johnson's plans for the, was it water tanks yeah, water in plans. London, yeah. let's just say yeah. that was going to be rolled out yeah. across Wales. What what could be done, realistically? Mm. You know, if, if in if we in Wales, you know, clear red water, rather yeah. ironically, coming yeah. out of the tank, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, Robert Morgan <laughs> in the turret. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the die. <laughs> yeah, this die in the water. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, if, if, if that policy were to be introduced, what what could be done? If something as controversial as that, maybe divisive, yeah. what what would what would happen in Wales? I mean, so I think that's we've not we've maybe not had that. Obviously the riots in two thousand eleven were exclusive to, to England. I mean I think a couple of people rather tragically tried in Wales. I next to Chris from Asda. Yeah. As they actually for the record, liberated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They were in a, they were in a, yeah. They were, they were like Chris. Um, so I think we, we, in a sense, we've, you know, in a way, thankfully we've not had to deal with that kind of issue. But 
you know, I think these questions of accountability are, are, are kind of really, really key and get glossed over, obviously, within these, you know, debates about the Wales Bill and the debates about, you know, reserve powers model and the Constitution. Of course, they're important, but, you know, how, how our communities are policed, I think, you know, raises some really, really important questions. And in the last however many years, we've never really had uh, an issue which has really, you know, posed us all questions, posed the Senate questions about how our communities are policed in Wales. And maybe as a consequence, that, that that's why these issues remain subjugated. Yeah. What about like uh, the minor strike when the police were used then? Wasn't that like uh, well, was that was in the six. Because that was because police look the police force from outside and things like that. Literally, the, the, the sometimes wasn't it? They'd ship people in. Just yeah, in Merseyside police were sent, and, and, and again, Scraping talked about this. That the, the idea of those local committees were to hold their police, their local police forces, to account. Now they weren't consulted. For example, Merseyside police, the, the people in Merseyside on the committee weren't consulted when Merseyside police were sent over to Yorkshire. Mm. They're, remember, they're their police officers. Yeah. That they are to hold them to account. So, yeah, I think you know it's, that's obviously a really you know important local and still very emotive issue. So, and if something like that were to happen, you know, now something similar to that, I think that that's when you begin to see this problem here about this gap. Well, where are who is responsible? You know, yeah. that's when that we pay for two thirds of this. We need to have a. I think that's when it become more of a pressing issue. You said earlier about ASBOs as well as a, mm-hmm. as an example, maybe of the. Is that a good example of sort of the the issue of other services around crime as well as this local issue and being important? Yeah, I think. But I think what's interesting is, I mean, youth justice in Wales um, is and has actually for a number of years probably been the most uh, written about, researched, research topic within within the justice system. So. Professor Paul Cheney, um, yeah, um, Mark Drakeford, uh, Kevin Haynes, uh, who was at Swansea and Stephen Case, yeah. had done some a lot of work on this, and this idea they called dragonizations. This idea there's a Welsh, yeah, I had to make it Welsh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, yeah, Shane Williamsization, yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's like you know this this kind of this logic that there's a distinctly Welsh approach because so much of it is is devolved and. You know, that was at the time when ASBO culture was kind of rife and, and young people were being drafted into that system, you know, uh, at an increasing rate. The, the message from Wales was, you know, these are children first, rather than, of course, you know, offenders, etc. That's interesting. And, you know, I mean, anecdotally, I think Edwina Hart, who was the minister responsible at the time, was very, very staunch in, in getting that message across that these are, we take a different approach in Wales, we, we have a different approach. In Wales, and I think at the moment we've got, I think it's a record low number across England and Wales of young people in custody, which is a massive success from where we were in that ASBO, you know, that kind of culture of the, of the antisocial behaviour order. But again, the reason that, the, the, if you like, that that space was engineered within youth justice was because, as you kind of allude to, so many services deal with young people are devolved, and that allowed that space to grow, you know, health, education housing, you know, and just social services, for example, you know, the, there was a very much kind of devolved feel to that, you know, I don't want to get into the arguments about clear red water and about, you know, the, the, the different ideological positions, because I think there are some real limitations to that as well. And a lot of it is locally based. So, for example, Swansea had a quite a distinctive approach, which was often used to talk on behalf of Wales, which is where dragonisation came from. And yet, Merthyr at the time had some of the highest rates of incarceration of young people across England and Wales. So right. it wasn't necessarily a Welsh, you know, national picture. 
And I think that's a problem sometimes that people who do studies locally tend to use their findings to talk on behalf of Wales the nation. But certainly that's a really interesting case in terms of the intersection between you know, what is ostensibly a non-devolved area, but yet many of the drivers within that, that topic and its social behaviour were very much devolved. Brilliant. We're going to talk now a bit about um, moving into you know, the criminal justice system. Rob, you've written about um, the, the prison system in Wales, uh, in particular, well, not in particular, but you know, one of the a really brilliant set of articles on, on Click on Wales about the, the mega prison in Wrexham. Um, so if you just want to tell us about you know, what you, the state of the, the prison system in Wales and move on to the mega prison. Yeah, okay, well, I suppose the, the picture of imprisonment in Wales is that around about, at the current time, just over 40% of all Welsh people with an address in Wales, so all Welsh people, are in England. That's the first point to state. So we currently have, based on our demand, we don't have the, 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 the right number of, of places, if you like, to meet the demand. Right can't, about. Can't go to a good local prison. No, exactly. You can't get can't a local prison. Can't get a TripAdvisor. Yeah. Yeah. You can't get, even Airbnb. Yeah, Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> like in the Wild West, when it was just one, each town had like, yeah. Each, cells, each sheriff. The sheriff. Yeah, 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 exactly. That would be my those, ideal. Those, those days gone. System, pretty much. That's yeah. the accurate. That with a fireman walking around with a bucket of water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a hard sheriff and a marshal. Like. Yeah. That's three horses. Yeah. With a watering tank. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Y- you've got, so there's a, I mean, the, the, that's probably one of the most important things to kind of start with. All Welsh women are held in England. All. All Welsh women are held in England. You're looking at around about 250. The average is about 250 Welsh women held in England. Across, and this is the interesting thing, across all, I think it's 11 women's prisons in England. It was 12. Um, one was Holloway's closed. And that's, that's, that's quite interesting because it's not just a case of they're in Gloucester or they're just over in style in, in the northwest. They are all over. You know. In North Wales, of course, at the moment, and we'll, you know, this kind of comes before the discussion of, of HMP Bedouin and Wrexham, all prisoners from that area will be held outside of their, their own area. Very few are held in South Wales for obvious reasons. It's difficult to get to. Four hours maybe drive. Most are held in the northwest. So, in a sense, that's the picture. The picture of imprisonment is that there are about 4,700 prisoners from Wales and about 40% of them are held in England. So, as a consequence of that, that you know, in North Wales there's a, been a debate for many years and who I'm sure is aware of this being from North Wales as well, many years about the need for a prison in, in, North, in North Wales. I think the, th- the kind of thrust behind the argument has been we need to keep people closer to home. And certainly when Carnarvon was used as a, what was seen as a potential site, um, there had been discussions about this would be good for Welsh-speaking prisoners who could be held in a prison that, would, that would, they, they could actually access services in, in, the, medium of, in the medium of Welsh. So... That's the kind of context that been, you know, that those problems about forty percent away from away from outside of outside of Wales doesn't necessarily mean they're far away from home. Of course, if you live, yeah, just the border. Yeah, you know, it would be easy for you if you know, to be held in, in in Gloucester than it would in Swansea. So it's not it's not always a bad thing. I think that's important to say. So Bedouin, HMP Bedouin, which is of course the new prison in, in Wrexham. The decision was made in early in in uh, well, it, you know how far can you go here? Could prepare for a few days talking about this the context to it, but the UK government made a commitment to supersize prisons, 
So in January in 2013, it announced three sites it was going to look at for the potential for a new supersized prison, the northwest of England, North Wales and, and the Greater London area. Now interestingly, they very quickly saw North Wales and the northwest of England as one region. So they immediately took Unismorn and Anglesey out of the equation because that was too far from the northwest of England. Now, of course, they eventually did decided that a site in Wrexham had been chosen and that was going to be the, the site of the new prison and, and, we'll, and it opens next month. It takes its first inmates, 28th of February, next month. From the Welsh point of view, there are around about, you're looking at 900 people from North and Mid Wales in prison at any one time. Not all of those 900, of course, are going to be eligible for what is a male Category C prison. They will hold some Category D prisoners on remand, but only on remand. They won't be sentenced. What would the different categories be in terms of like what that represent? So, I mean, yeah, the 1966 Mountbatten report introduced the category system, so Cat A, obviously, that they are considered to be the most the most dangerous, but also the most likely to escape. Yeah, so they're held cool ones. Yeah, the cool yeah, 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 the one. Yeah, so I mean, the ones most likely to be made a film out of them. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, so yeah, that the yeah the cat D's don't have many films. No, they don't. They just have like extras in Orange Is the New Black and things. Yeah, but maybe there's a niche there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a market to be exploited. Yeah. Escape from an open prison. Like a short film. More of an than escape. It's just more like one of those reflective yeah. indie films. Yeah. That's how. I mean, that's the only reason anyone knows the word abscond, isn't it? Yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. walk out of an open prison. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, people don't really know what it means, but when they hear it, they think, oh, someone's escaped. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, in Bedouin, it will hold, as I say, cat, cat C sentenced, some cat B on a man, but males. So, again, children aren't going to be held there, women aren't going to be held there, cat A's aren't going to be held there. Cat B. So, there's, once you whittle down those numbers, you're looking at around about 700 people eligible to be held there. Now this prison is 2,106 places, so around about a third of its population is going to be Welsh at best. Of course we don't know at the moment what, what, what's going to happen and you know, how many they're going to have in, in, in the prison. Um, so that's, that's the kind of state of play. That's, so first and foremost, I think you know, one of the arguments against Bedouin at, at the time, and that kind of was, came out of some of, those, some of those articles, was that this prison wasn't actually about addressing those long kind of uh, yeah. that long-standing case in inverted commas for a, for a, for a prison in, in North Wales. Um, the reason I say case for a prison in North Wales is because many people, including myself, would argue that we were sending too many people to prison in the in the first place. So that demand mm. was something which could have been actually tackled <coughs> before you actually build a, a, yeah. a prison. You know, so um, you know, it, it, you know, oh, prison overcrowding, prison numbers can be reduced. There are certain states uh, in the United States, California, New York, New Jersey, which have reduced their state prison populations by 25%. Well, some of them, though, because we've got private and for-profit prisons, mm-hmm. want the, the kind of campaign con- local like government there for tougher laws so they can get more people sick. in. Yeah. 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 No, no, yeah. And so you can... Without yeah. question, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, it's more aggressive, I would say. In, in, in the states, but like you know, you have G4S that yeah. like they run the prison in Bridgend. Mm-hmm. Um, what what about the one in Wrexham? So the the one in Wrexham is is going to be run by the state. Yeah. But it's a really unique design in the sense that lots of the services are going to be provided by private contractors. So no, it's not like a PFI then, is it? No, I, it's it's a, I don't know if you've read. Um, is it Alan White wrote a book? 
called The Secret State recently. It was a really fantastic book about the role of private companies in all kinds of different yeah. you know, government, parts of government, government, public sectors. And you know, one of the things with G4S, I think, at, at, at the moment is that there's such reputational risk mm. with doing the lock and key stuff in a prison, the kind of, you know, the operation of the prison. So, you know, that, that I'm, I'm certainly not saying at this point that G4S didn't want to run it. That's, I don't think that's, that's the, the point. But I think what they've actually got with this model in Bedouin, which I think may well be, bear in mind that in this parliament, the UK government have, I think, 1.2 billion to spend on all new prisons. They've just submitted planning permission for a new prison in Wellingborough. And I think Manchester's on, 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 on the agenda. Theresa May's husband, like, like uh, on the board on G4S, who's really high up. So you're going to say he's in prison? He is. He's, in one he's been detained <laughs> in uh, an airport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't And the only way she could get him out was to sleep with Trump, that's why they're holding hands. It's another, for another script. Yeah, it is. On, it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Flag away. Especially tweet, tweet yeah. that here. Tweet that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I mean, they've got, so the G4S will have, I mean, you know, they, they, I don't know if they've actually awarded the contracts yet for that kind of commission in it, but the, there is an argument that this is going to be the new model where the prison service do the lock and key, so therefore they take a huge amount of the reputational risk sure. of if there's violence or if there's problems. So G4S as a corporation don't have to deal with that, but mm. what they can actually do is provide services that you, you know, nobody yeah. ever hears about. Like in Park, the one of the <coughs> community teaching thing or whatever it is they're doing, don't they? They do a lot, but obviously they do the lock and key, but they do a lot of the, the services in there too. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, I think that after, I mean, Birmingham Prison, for example, Birmingham Prison was unique because Birmingham Prison was a state prison which then turned private. Usually they'll build a prison and it will be private from the off. It's very rare that they turn a public sector into a private sector. So that transition is often, you know, that, I think there's quite a bit of research on it because it's quite unique. But what we've seen with Bowen is that, it, you know, ostensibly it looks like a public sector prison, but a huge amount of the services there are going to be provided by outside organisations which is a kind of competition for anybody to kind of compete in so so that was in, in a sense of, you know from, from, the, from the prison services rushes and this, you know, the UK government's point it was quite a clever move yeah, because if it had been private I think there would have been again it's like another avenue for critique um, and they want they need this prison to work because as I said they've safeguarded that money mm. so if Bedouin fails and when I mean fails I mean from a PR point of view yeah I mean the, the idea that people are harmed in prison that that's it seems to be irrelevant in many respects I mean we just had the record number of, of, of uh, was it suicides in yes prison? people taking their own yeah. lives in, in prisons last year of course you've seen what happened in, in various prisons across crossing the Wales overcrowding all kinds of different problems in a sense that never seems to really rock the state in terms of you know the, the core of what, what we're doing here it's it's of course the reputational damage that can, that can happen. does that do you think because like as as a society, we dehumanise those in prison. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, amongst many other groups. But, but I think the, the biggest thing is that we tend to focus on the institution. So there's a there's a major, you know, the kind of it's almost a well trampled discourse now that our prisons are old and decrepit and they're not longer fit for purpose. But while we're focusing on prisons themselves, it's the concept of imprisonment, arguably, that is old, decrepit, yeah. fit for purpose. It's it's and that's the, one of the problems is that when you tend to focus upon you know, the, the, the kind of conditions inside Wandsworth or inside Pentonville, and you look when it was built and you say, oh, it's understaffed and it's old and, and it's in crisis. The concept of imprisonment is in, is in crisis. The concept of taking people from a society, putting them into 
some kind of institution and expecting them to come out rehabilitated. Yeah. That that's that's what's all decrepit and out of date. So what tends to happen is that you know in terms of the actual the legitimacy of imprisonment as a concept that's never rocked. Those foundations are secure because we tend to flock towards you know we, we've got no educational programs in there. They're understaffed. They're old. So long as you continue to talk about prison in those terms, you continue to render those kind of arguments invisible. We never talk about the hegemony of this idea of the prison, you know. So I think that's a that's a bigger, broader set of debates. And the Wrexham, in, in a sense, the decision to build Wrexham was incredibly frustrating because you're dealing with arguments that this is going to bring jobs. Is that that's obviously based? You know, if you've listened to our other podcasts. That's that's everything in Wales, isn't it? Everything goes back to this. Jobs, 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 jobs. I mean, I'm fairly sure the Welsh Government would welcome you know, Guantanamo mm-hmm. um, because, and they would use it mm-hmm. and they would say, jobs, this mm-hmm. brings jobs. And if someone said, well, we don't want Guantanamo Bay to be brought to, I know, off Anglesey or something like that, they would say, well, you don't want local people to have jobs. Yeah. You're um, against jobs. So, so if it wasn't to solve that issue of the alert prison for prisoners from North Wales, why was it moved? Why did it move then to? What was the process of agreeing the point? What was the? Was it all about jobs? From the point of view of the Welsh government. Yeah. Um, in general, yeah. So in general, I mean, so the the site search documents said that the two key population areas were Liverpool and Manchester. Mm. So from the UK's point of view, it was a great, it was perfect, Wrexham, in the sense that it addressed the question that North Wales needed a prison. It's only two miles over the border, mm. but it's in Wales, so it's a Welsh prison down, and it's close enough for prisoners to be shipped from courts in Liverpool and Manchester. And in yeah. fact, in those reports, they actually said, once Bedouin is open, that may lead to the closure of prison places in those areas of around about 1,400 places. Now, they've already announced the closure of HMP Kenner in Liverpool. Now, that then means that this issue about distances is then displaced to English prisoners and English family members who are having to travel from Merseyside or from Greater Manchester. So. From the UK government's point of view, the ration, you know, the, the decision to build there was very clear. This was about, uh, you know, hence why North West and North Wales are viewed as the one region. This was about satisfying both of those. It was a perfect for, for, for the yeah. UK government's point of view. It satisfied almost every every single box was ticked really. Now, from the Welsh government's point of view, I'm really still not sure as to why. I mean, they gave the site away for free. <laughs> the, the site was worth around about a million pounds. <laughs> And that was given to the MOJ for free, first and foremost. So there's your first question mark. And then, in a sense, what is even more bizarre is that when we come back to some of the things we've already spoken about, that lots of Welsh services now provide... So there used to be this issue of local connection. So if you were, if you were held up in, in the northeast, if you were Welsh and a local connection, you were part of, you, 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 wouldn't, you wouldn't be seen often because you were so far away from home, but you technically had the same rights to support someone being held in Park or Bridgend. But what's now happened is that with, so for example, the, uh, the, the Housing Act and with the uh, uh, Social Service and Wellbeing Act, they've moved towards an in-Wales basis. So now everybody held at HMP Bedouin. Technically, I think this is quite interesting about the language, but technically, if you're from Manchester or Salford, your local authority should be looking after Yeah. On paper. But, of course, people in Manchester and Salford are dealing with strange ways. They're dealing with Forest Bank. They're dealing mm. with other prisons in that particular area. So what's really bizarre, and we really don't know, you know, and it's be absolutely wrong at this point to, to kind of speculate, but by putting that prison in Wrexham, 
that has placed, for example, Betsy Cadwallad University Health Board are now responsible for the primary and secondary healthcare needs of everybody in that prison. Not, not if you're from Wales, they're not going to be checking, you know, where, where, where you're addressed. Everybody in that prison. 2,106 people. Now, I think the Howard League, I think the Prison Reform Trust said, building a 2,106 place prison, if you look at the, the kind of, the, the breakdown of the kinds of problems that prisoners have before going, I mean, half of all prisoners didn't have a GP yeah. before entering custody. It's the equivalent of building a very poorly village in Wrexham. That's what the Howard League, I think it was Howard League Prison Reform Trust put it that way. And of course that then falls into the hands of Betsy Cadwaldi and his Howard So the strain that's going to, you know, in theory, well, exactly. I, it will, the strain that's going to, that's going to place on local services is going to be absolutely massive. And that's not just health, is it? it will it be things like social services, housing, things like that? Housing. Um, again, th- th- there's this understanding that the, lo- the, the kind of the home local authority will deal with it. But, and, and at this point, it's very, very difficult, I mean, very difficult at the time to try and map out this picture because you are dealing with the, you know, the hypothetical. But we will know in two, three months, four months' time when the prison is fully operational and maybe reaches that 2,106 capacity. They won't do it straight away, they'll build up. Then we'll begin to see how many people are actually, you know, mm. the services they're actually getting. So. It's extremely interesting. I think we're going to wrap it up now because we've, we've talked a lot clarified a lot it's been really really fascinating and um, yeah. we've got some good ideas for films as well thank yeah, you yeah which is um, the primary reason yeah. for this our job is done yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know we'll these are the issues we'll return to you know these are this it's a as with the things about the economy they're all interrelated and, and we hopefully we're going to keep coming back to these things we'll come back perhaps once the prison's operational you know once the first problems with the Wales bill start to <laughs> yeah. start to happen and things like that we can come back we We'll have you guys will come back on. Um, so say you'll come back on now. So yeah, yeah, so yeah. record it <laughs> and then play it back to us. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so there's no going back now. You've committed, right? So um, <laughs> who would you like to give any shout outs to anyone? Um, that's a cracking cup of tea. Though. Oh, yeah, that's shout, right. shout out to the tea. Uh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> the last two cups of tea, last two tea bags in the whole building. So it's that shout out to it's me. Too, oh, yeah, thanks yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cheers. Um, back. Family and friends, yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me? Um, yeah. Who, Pritchard? Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Do you notice he didn't do it? Uh, I did. He rose above it. Yeah. We're just going to go, I'm, I'm not going to give one to you, Nate. So just, uh, well, I've stuck for one now, haven't I? Uh, shout out to me, because I'm as well. Yeah, shout out to Tom Carroll, my man. Got, you know, really wanted to succeed at Spurs, but... I hope he does well for the Jack. So, put him in my fantasy league team. Bent on disappoint me. Played my wild card. Second wild card played already. Yeah. Just in this mediocre battle, like just with these. Uh, it's like a league. And my mate set it up. Who lives in America? And it's all the other lads are in the league. Well, it's like half from Wales, half American. And some American lads have obviously like not touched their team since like the first week. <laughs> first week. And they're still beating still, <laughs> still me. Their players have just been like completely injured all the way through. But they've got Sanchez in, so oh, um, but they call they call in the fantasy league teams things like Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> this is the fantasy. Yeah. 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 If I was gonna have um, a fantasy football team, I call them Workers of the World United. That'd be pretty good. Okay. Yeah, that's a little play. Are you gonna? No, I've got a clear on football, so yeah. Someone's going to take it. Neither am I. Yeah. Shout out to Graham as well, as usual. Go on in. I'm going to give a shout out to my sister and a partner who live near Swansea Prison. 
And sometimes if you look out the kitchen, you can see the inmates transporting things from cells for their shoes. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm playing football at lunchtime. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, okay, so thanks for listening, guys. Give us a like on Facebook. Give us a like or you know, follow us on Twitter. We'll be posting links related to this uh, episode. And as I said, we'll be, coming, we'll be talking a bit more about policing in, in Wales very shortly. If there's anything you didn't understand in this app, go back, listen to Richard Wynn Jones in the, in the previous episode because this is this is part of the sort of chronological series. And we talked about the problems of the world's been the last one that we've, we've built on it. So, you know, if you don't understand it, it's not our problem, it's yours. <laughs> All right, thanks very much for listening. For everyone who's bumped us again on social media, we'll see you soon. Yeah, bye. Bye. See ya. Cheers. Oh,